1: Foundations. You know how the Bible is set in lots of chapters, and each chapter is set and divided by verses? Mm-hmm. All these divisions, chapters and verses, they were introduced to make it easier for us to find our way through the Bible.
0: Foundations, understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith, with Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. There is a strong and pervading view amongst Christians today that the Old Covenant is no longer important. In fact, it's become obsolete. And many can even quote a scripture that backs their view. Today we're going to look at this view and see if it's legitimate and to discover whether we need to learn from the Old Covenant or discard it completely.
1: It's a bit of a quandary because we will get to this scripture. When you read this scripture, you kind of go, well, that's pretty cut and dried it's pretty mm. clear in what it says so therefore you could and many have conclude that you don't need the old covenant mm. anymore but I've, I've quoted Dr. Chuck Missler numerous times and I'm going to uh, quote him again in well not an actual quote but where he says that there is a page in the Bible that we can actually tear out and it's the page between the testaments mm-hmm. that the old testament or I prefer to call it the old covenant and the new covenant scriptures are basically the same book yeah And that little dividing page is completely unnecessary and in fact it's a bit deceptive because it makes you think that they're two separate entities and they're not. And so it's really important and I think you even uh, quoted Chuck Missler a number of programs ago about how the Old Testament is the new hidden Mm -hmm. and the new is the revelation of the old. That's right. And you, you need both of them. I actually if 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 I had the power to do so and I don't unfortunately <laughs> but if I had the power to do so I would actually change the names of what we call the Old Testament and the New Testament and not just to Old Covenant New Covenant but to the first covenant and the conclusion mm. <laughs> just because it you as soon as you have this delineating names of old and new, you automatically think, well, something is old, so we don't need it anymore. Yeah, Let's go with something. Obsolete. Yeah, and it's, and it's really wrong. You know, the old covenant and the new covenant are made up of 66 individual books, and they were written by 40 different authors over a, a quite a vast period of time, actually. And they wrote these scriptures down on parchment or scrolls, but they were inspired by the Spirit of God to write those things. So these these writers or prophets, uh, authors, were kind of like God's secretaries, yeah. sort of, if you know what I mean. But they still infused their own personality and character traits that make each of the books quite individual in their styles and patterns. But they were speaking the words of God. Now, the old covenant scriptures... is called the Tanakh in Hebrew. And the the word Tanakh is an acronym. It's kind of like an abbreviation of the initials of three other Hebrew words. Now, the first one is called the Torah, and that's the teaching books Mm -hmm. like the law. The first five books of the Bible is called the Torah. So that's the T in the word Tanakh. And then you've got the Nevi'im and the Nevi'im, that's the N in Tanakh, it means the prophets, which is referring, obviously, to the the major and the minor prophets. And then you have the Ketuvim, uh, which is the K kh, the kh, kh <laughs> sound in the word Tanakh. Um, and it's talking about, uh, you know, the writings, the historical books and the poetry, that sort of thing. And that's where you get the name Tanakh, and that is the name for the mm. Old Covenant scriptures from Genesis to Malachi, Now, back to this uh, scripture that we said that a lot of Christians will quote to say we don't need it anymore. And it's from Hebrews chapter 8, verse 13, and it says this, When he, that is God, said a new covenant, he made the first obsolete. But whatever is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to disappear. Now, when you hear that or you read that, If you just keep that in its isolation, you go, that's really clear. Mm. The old covenant is now gone, it's obsolete, and we can chuck it away. We are allowed to let it just disappear and into the wind, it's gone.
0: I guess the key, though, is that taking anything in isolation out of its context is where we can sometimes fall into trouble.
1: Absolutely. They say the first first three lessons in interpreting Scripture correctly is context, context, and context. (laughs) Now... The reason we fall into this bind is because we've... You know how the Bible is set in lots of chapters and each chapter is set and divided by by uh, verses? Mm-hmm. All these divisions, chapters and verses, they were introduced to make it easier for us to find our way through the Bible. Yeah. But they're actually not part of the original text. In fact, the um, the chapter divisions... Were introduced, I believe it was in the 13th century, and the verse divisions weren't introduced until the mid 16th century. No. So you're talking hundreds of years, 1500 years, 1600 yeah. years before all of these were actually entered into. Mm. And I don't know if you've noticed, but sometimes verses can be just part of a sentence. That's right, yeah. And so you can't and even
0: chapters, sometimes it can flow from one, you know, a chapter starts with therefore, so like clearly he's been talking about something and then builds on it.
1: And therefore, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that actually emphasizes the point that I'm going to make. Yeah. When you read a verse like Hebrews 8, chapter 13, that says the old is now obsolete because God has made a new covenant, and so therefore the other one's allowed to disappear... You get to the end because that's the last verse in Hebrews chapter 8 and you think, oh, okay, end of the subject. When I go and start reading Hebrews chapter 9, it's a new subject. No, it's not. Mm. This is one of many, many places where the subject matter continues on and if we'll just continue to read, it explains exactly what is now obsolete. So Hebrews chapter 9, you discover that what he is explaining is that the ritualistic mosaic law, that is the um, the temple sacrifice, the ritual, um, the blood offerings, all of that ceremony within the temple, that was going to become obsolete. And why was it obsolete? Because Messiah, and we've mentioned him before, that he is uh, Mashiach ben Yosef, this Messiah, the son of Joseph, the mm. suffering servant. Yeah. He came and he, he came to fulfill all of the law. yeah he didn't come to wipe it out. he came to fulfill it. so the ceremonial portions is actually what was done away with. Remember Paul actually said in Romans Romans chapter seven, he explained that the law is holy and we've mentioned this before that sometimes as Christians we, tend to think that the law is this terrible terrible thing and we look at down our noses mm. on it let's remember that's god's law yeah and it's holy and it's a mirror that shows us how far away from his perfection that we are so it's not that it's bad <laughs> actually it's that we're bad we yeah, don't measure right. up yeah. and uh, you know god promised his people that he was actually going to put his law in their heart
0: yeah that's right so, of course, in um, Jeremiah 31, yeah. it, uh, it shares this in uh, verses 31 to 33. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant which I have made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which, the, which they broke, although I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. But this is the covenant which I'll make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord, I will put my law within them and on their heart I will write it and I'll be their God and they shall be my people.
1: If God was going to make something disappear, why would he promise to put it in their heart if he was going to make it go away? Yeah, that's right. If it was going to be obsolete, what's the point? Mm. You know, he, he wasn't removing the law. He wasn't removing his covenants. But this one one covenant was the only conditional covenant and they broke it. And so therefore Jesus had to fulfill it on our behalf, because we couldn't keep it, mm. once it's fulfilled, it's not no longer needed, but all the others remain. And, and, and here's something that we'll just finish. We'll finish now. There's more to cover on this next time. But Jesus said in Matthew 5, 17 to 18, he said, don't think that I come to abolish the law or the prophets. I didn't come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or the stroke of a uh, shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. And I would ask this, has heaven and, has heaven and earth passed away yet?
0: Mm. No. The obvious answer is no to the, that, isn't no. it? No.
1: So therefore the law remains. Mm. The sacrificial element of the law, the ceremonial ritualistic um, covenant done away with because Christ is the fulfillment. But we're going to look next time at all the rest of the of the Old Covenant and why it's so important that we never let go of it.
0: So we're going to do the wrong thing here and put a chapter marker where there shouldn't (laughs) be one. We'll continue this conversation tomorrow and uh, continue to ask the question is the Old Covenant still relevant today? This has been Foundations. A look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more see vision.org.au slash foundations